Welcome back to another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we've got a big one for you because we've got a guest coming on this week to talk Michigan. The rundown is going to be uh, pretty straightforward. I'm going to give you a quick recap of last week, and goddamn, it is going to be quick because uh, we want to move past it a little bit. You'll understand why in just a second. But then we're going to welcome on a familiar friend. Derek Yoder is going to be joining us um, for the second time this year. He joined us to start the season, and now mid-season he's back, and we're going to talk about a number of different things with Derek, um, as I'll get into in just a bit. So Derek joining us for the majority of the podcast here, but before we get to him, I'm going to start off just by talking about last week at Richmond. Um, Common up and down weekend for the podcast at Richmond it was a strange one. So obviously, if you listen to the pod, it was a vacation podcast. I was um, up in Cooperstown with my family and doing a lot of research, you know, here and there where I could. Recorded a pretty quick episode, just some quick hitters of drivers to watch for. Um, the reason I say it was an up and down episode or an up and down weekend was because starting with some of the drivers that we called out on the podcast. It wasn't just like, you know, I was totally distracted. I, I had guys in mind that I really liked. Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell. And those guys really let me down. I mean, Larson and Bell, for sure, just completely no-showed at Richmond. And that was a, a killer. Had Bell and Larson over a couple guys in some head-to-heads. I mean, I had Larson over Denny. I really thought that Denny wasn't going to bring much to the table compared to Larson this week and was just dead wrong. Um, Just absolutely wrong on that one. So that one stung. Bell was running like 20th all day. He was a couple laps down. I mean, it was just brutal um, to watch those guys really not do anything for you off the truck. Um, So that was a bit of a downside. Had a little bit of a bright spot of talking about um, the MGM parlay that we talked about and fell into, I guess, accidentally kind of fell into a, a nice little hit as an insurance policy on that parlay, which was Austin Dillon as a top 10 finisher. Um, mentioned, you know, a little bit of a pattern there that he had and just kind of throwing that in there as a Hail Mary in case that that parlay didn't hit. And sure enough, Austin Dillon somehow, by the grace of God, finishes in the top 10. So that was a, a you know, nice one. But for the most part, the picks that we called out on the podcast did not really perform well. Um, we had, you know, Bell over Truex. That didn't pan out. Larson over Denny. That didn't pan out. Harvick uh, for a top five. That didn't pan out. Bell for a top five. That didn't pan out. So not looking good, right? But... On race day, we added uh, another head-to-head that missed, actually, Elliott over Bush, which looked fantastic uh, early in the race. And then, I don't know, something happened to Elliott there. But uh, we added Chris Busher, plus 250, to the card that we put out there on Insta for a top 10. And that was based on the practice data. And got uh, The website I was using was our guy, NASCAR Damas, out there. And uh, it was just really good stuff. Busher had something, and you could see that from his average lap times and what he was bringing to the table so 
pre-race, didn't have enough balls to really throw an outright on him, but uh, looked really hard at a top five, but said, you know what, he's starting 19th. I really just want to get him up there. Um, top 10 plus 250 is a good payout. Well, the race started, and this is a situation where, you know, I was lucky enough to be in a spot where I was able to throw a live bet in. I had the uh, race up, uh, even though I was at a friend's party, uh, his house, had the race on, and when I saw Busher coming through the field, like a lot of other people, I saw celebrations in the streets of NASCAR Gambling Twitter um, celebrating the live betting of Chris Busher for the outright. I don't know if I was late or early, but I got him at 20 to 1, and I was feeling pretty damn good about that when he obviously took the lead and, and didn't let go. And so 20 to 1 definitely saved the week. Uh, but I can't take credit for that from a podcast element to it. Um, obviously, we're, we're talking about picks earlier in the week. So from a podcast perspective, didn't really do well at all. Uh, it was really that Dylan kind of Hail Mary situation that hit. But uh, from following you know the, the Instagram, got the plus 250 there. And then um, just me personally, I, I took the, the live bet. Um, that saved my weekend. But uh, So it's up and down. So I'm saying, I, you know, feel good about getting that 20 to one, but also not too great that the the picks from the podcast last week were, you know, in the dumpster. So we'll try to rectify that this week. And I've got good uh, backup here coming in to help me build a card here for Michigan. So Richmond, though, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid weekend. Truck race was fantastic. One of the best I've ever seen. If you, you know, caught that one, it was Saturday night, which I absolutely love night racing and the trucks under the lights at Richmond, really hot weather, tire fall off all weekend and the Cup Series as well, just really brought a good element to it. Last year, Richmond was uh, the talk of, uh, you know, people saying the short patch, short track package was garbage with the next-gen car. Richmond was sounding the alarms for folks. And now uh, I thought Richmond was a really good race. I thought it was fun to watch. Saw a lot of different leaders up there. The the guys who were good early kind of maybe fell off a little bit. You had some guys just rising the top. I mean, Denny Hamlin just doesn't go away. Um, he, he has been just on fire right now. And he was there again at the end. Almost stole the show at the very end of that one. So just really fun race to watch all around. A lot of different people, you know, sticking their nose up or sticking their head out there. Trying to see, hey, what's going on here in this top five, um, this top ten even. So I thought, from a gambling standpoint, it's the absolute reason why you want to bet on NASCAR. Um, and from a general fan of the sport element to it, I voted yes on a Jeff Gluck poll. You know, was it a good race? And I was kind of surprised that it was a little lower than I, I would have thought. But um, at the same time, I could see how people thought it was boring. There were barely any cautions. And, you know, it was very more technical. But I got a kick out of it. I liked the, the tire fall off and the strategy element to it as well. So Richmond, I thought, had a good weekend. Successful weekend uh, for NASCAR at Richmond where, you know, it really could have gone the other way. So uh, we will move on, though. Put those uh, scrapped picks in the past, and we will move on to Michigan. So this is a race that I think it just falls perfectly on the calendar. You know, it's like start of August it's like that mid-year, even though the playoffs are approaching, we have those storylines to talk about. But, you know, NASCAR's been grinding for a while now. You're kind of caught in the minutia of it. 
and this is just a high-speed racetrack. And for this episode, I am very thankful to be able to bring on a guest in Derek Yoder, at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter, to talk through a lot of these things. Um, so I will run through our agenda with Derek in just a bit when I you know, start talking with him and introduce him um, when we're talking. But for now, here's Derek Uter. All right, so now I am thrilled, obviously, to bring back onto the podcast a frequent recurring guest, a name that is just absolutely blowing up the NASCAR gambling community scene. It's Derek Yoder. I'm sure you know the name by now, but if you don't, Derek, uh, at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter is, you know, completely taken over the betting world in NASCAR. He's got the NASCAR betting preview show. He's got the All Things Go podcast, um, just building a brand. We're going to talk about it in a second here, but Derek, thank you once again for coming on. It's been a little while. Um, so how are you doing tonight? Phil, I appreciate you uh, asking me to be on. I always love joining you on your show and uh, first show I ever went on. So you gave me my shot at the uh, microphone uh, years ago. So I appreciate you asking me to come back doing well, excited for Michigan and really excited to dive in some of the topics we will tonight. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, I feel like because we talk every Wednesday on your show, yep. which is on Twitter, Every Wednesday yep. night, the NASCAR betting preview show. Derek hosts that show. I'm kind of on the panel with uh, Mark Skybox NASCAR and and Rory Picks, and always a, a fun guest every week. Mm -hmm. We've met a lot of great people so far, and since yeah. you've been doing that, it feels like because of that, like we talk all the time. Yep. Uh, but I'm looking through my episodes. I'm like, damn, I had Derek on like to start the year, and like, you know, I. Where's he been? I got to get him back hmm. on. So you've got so many irons in the fire. I was nervous to even ask you, but I'm happy that you can make it work tonight. So, um, yeah, I do think we're going to have a lot of fun here. Um, I agree. So let's first start by talking about just your year in mm -hmm. general, um, because started the year. We've got the NASCAR betting preview show every yeah. Wednesday night at eight o'clock on Twitter. And you have been, and it's fun because I get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, meaning like, you know, the, the stuff that you've worked at trying to make that show better every week, different elements to it, um, you know, different platforms that you've experimented mm -hmm. with, with that show. Then you, or, you know, before that, you know, before the season started, had the all things go podcast um, through the off season, everything, mm -hmm. and everything's just kind of snowballing. Right. You are mm -hmm. building this brand of this NASCAR betting preview show. How are things going in your mind right now? Like, where are you on the mountain climb? You know what I mean? Are you just getting started? You feel like are you like, you know, halfway up the mountain? Are you like close to the top? Like, where do you feel like you are? Because you've brought a lot of new faces or voices mm -hmm. into the game. Um, you've got an Xfinity show now under that umbrella. You've got the truck show that I do with you yep. um, under that umbrella. So how are things going in your mind? What's your assessment of everything this this point in the season, halfway through the year? 
Yeah, I think it's a good question. So I would say my assessment is very happy. It's on track with what I was hoping um, to kind of see the year be. Uh, like you said, when we started the year in 2023, um, you know, we only had the Twitter spaces. I didn't have the NASCAR betting preview show podcast yet. I had just started the All Things Go podcast with Brian Murphy. So I was getting my feet wet with that kind of line of uh, communications and then knowing that, hey, we're going to have to keep doing more to evolve. And, and the goal of everything for me is how do I get to for us to keep growing, for us to keep getting recognized, noticed, because we all love talking gambling, but how do we keep growing and not staying stuck? And through that, I mean, have met a lot of people. Um, you know, phase one, I would say from 2022 to about three months ago was all about understanding the industry, understanding the business, connecting, networking, etc. Phase two has started about a couple months ago, and it's really ramped up. And that is acquisition, acquire, partner, uh, bring on other voices so that people in the community can also hear what they have to say. Mike Bachman does our Xfinity show, does a phenomenal job. He's got a voice for radio. He's very smart, helps out at NBC you know, young guy that just is passionate. And then you have Johnny on the track who I just brought on who has YouTube and we didn't have any YouTube um, exposure. And Johnny is somebody that, you know, brings in a large amount of views for YouTube and is somebody I felt like just needed some recognition. And so a nice little partnership was formed there. Uh, you know, obviously you, me, Rory and Mark, you know, we're kind of the, um, the pioneers of it. I feel like we're all kind of going at it together. You know, we stay in constant communication and I appreciate a lot of the trust that you guys put in me to, you know, try to help uh, develop maybe what we're looking at down the future. But you got guys like NASCAR Damas who I brought on and he does a ton of stats. He's my data scientist. He's, you know, somebody that I can just quickly call and, and uh, you know, we can work on a number of things. We're working on a project right now uh, via premium discord. And it's just one of those elements of like just that communication as well. And then you also have guys like tandem draft who uh, Cody Webb, who lives down in Nashville, Tennessee, he has a partnership with J ski. Now he has a partnership with us and putting out a lot of historical data. Um, you know, you have, just so many good guys that you know we're affiliated with that uh, nascar money is the latest one brought on i don't have a website i you know there's so many bright minds in this industry and uh, i'm a good i'm good with ideas but i'm not really good with coming up with the old technical side of things and um, nascar money is a guy you know austin is a young guy that's um really you know he's um graduating with a software engineering degree and it has a passion for gambling and NASCAR. And it was an easy conversation to have. So trying to put enough people around, smarter people than myself, but enough people around us where we can all get better and we can kind of grow as a whole. And obviously their character speaks for themselves as well. So uh, phase two of acquiring and uh, some acquisition is uh, going really well. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to just kind of be a part of it and kind of watch you wheel and deal you've got that muscle of you know being able to to do that i mean you're finding i pull up uh instagram one day after the Nas nashville race and derek's on uh he's in the picture with barstool like presenting the the barstool bar with all the barstool personalities and derek Yoder. i'm like what the fuck is going yeah. on here like this guy is just you know he, he's a wheeler and dealer man and i love that about you um it's and true. i'm so glad you mentioned like 
you know, some of those guys like Tandem Draft, NASCAR Domus, you know, Mike Bachman, you said mm-hmm. voice for radio, his voice is smooth, man. Um, and, you, you know, uh, NASCAR money. I mean, s- some mm-hmm. of those guys have, have always been like just listening to the, the Twitter show every week and like commenting right. and, and kind of like, you know, chirping us when we're wrong and, and, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. chiming in when they agree and stuff like that. And now like you're reaching out and they've got, um, big things like tandem draft and, and NASCAR Domus, NASCAR money, all stats, awesome yeah. stuff, Correct. like great yep. stuff to, to see and to be able to absorb, um, as we're all on this like same journey of like winning money together. So mm-hmm. really great, uh, stuff. And it, it just goes to show you like just starting that, that Twitter show. Mm-hmm. You said it a, a bunch of times when you talked about getting that going, it was just like no listeners, no listeners, one listener. And, and now you've got this, uh, brand yeah. buildings and it's really cool. You, you've tried a lot of things this year. Um, we've done stuff with like Twitch and, yep. you know, uh, some stuff we we've gone back to some stuff mm-hmm. you, you haven't now we're, we're working with IBT, um, Correct. Seth, yep. which is great. He's yep. been working on putting out the YouTube for the show yep. on Wednesdays, which is cool. Um, yeah. getting that presence out there, like you said. Yeah. So that was going to be the, uh, the last person I wanted to talk about. Um, so I'm glad that you teed it up because what Seth and in between media have been able to do for us is obviously now really give us that YouTube flat platform, where we can have not only the Twitter Spaces show going, which has been a, a huge success this year alone, uh, the numbers that we've been able to do, but just the the impacts we're able to help in the community and get people connected, answer some questions. But then with what Seth and In Between Media and all that they're doing from a NASCAR scene, you know, they've come over to this side and helped us say, let's do a partnership where we can take our branding, our shows, our information. Give us a platform. Give us that exposure on YouTube. Allow your fans and supporters to understand who we are and vice versa. And that has just been tremendous. Now, we got to meet Seth last year when we did the uh, the live show um, in Lancaster. And, you know, Seth was always somebody that I wanted to work with. And it just worked out perfectly with the timing of where they are at, where we are at. And uh, I'm really excited to see where that partnership grows um, because, you know, Seth's a talented guy. He just moved five minutes down the street from me uh, about (laughs) three, four weeks ago, Uh, which was, you know, not because of the NASCAR stuff, but just because, uh, you know, he's, he's familiar with this area, but moving from state college down here and, now he's essentially my neighbor, and it's uh, really cool to be able to, hey, I can go knock on his door if I need. He can come over uh, if he needs as well, and we can just keep growing um, some of these elements together. So I'm really glad that you uh, brought him up because that was somebody I wanted to touch on there last because that that's been a huge help for us. Yeah, I mean, just goes to show you, like, it's a small world, right? I mean, yeah, the, the this gambling community, you hit Twitter, it seems like it's, uh, you know, huge. But at the same time, like, I can't imagine, you know, chatting, you know, whether it's a DM on Twitter or a text message or whatever with folks that I would have never been talking with or, or known existed um, if it wasn't for gambling on NASCAR. Like, it's absolutely wild. And I, I just want to say, like, I didn't, you know, my intention here wasn't to just fully, like, pump your tires for 10 minutes. Um, it's working. The the benefit i guess to talking about this is you know if you're listening to this podcast 
you probably know of the the you know NASCAR betting preview show and, and everything you've been doing. But just in case you haven't, like mm-hmm. there's so much to offer now, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of Cup, Xfinity, Truck. Uh, if you like just getting your picks, you know, you've got the show for that. If you like mm-hmm. being able to absorb the stats, you've got guys that Derek is pointing mm-hmm. you to now um, to to help, you know, find your niche and have yep. have you have fun in your own way watching the sport. It's an a la carte situation here mm-hmm. that you've got going on. And that is what makes it great. In addition to the guests that we have on on Wednesday nights, like. People who have their own content, right? I mean, right. that's that's another like offshoot. You've got like Cody Zeeb and Rob and um, Chris Wormy, you know, and, yep. and all those guys. That's just the, the offshoot. So you can mm-hmm. start with what you've you've created here, and um, really people can run wild. So that's that's really the the best takeaway I think. If you're kind of a newer listener to this podcast, is um, it's an a la carte situation. There's a way to make money on the sport, have fun doing it and, um, get some good information along the way. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're spot on. You're spot on about that. I'll, I'll, I'll say this and then, uh, I'll close up with it, but Cody Zeeb's going to be on our show this week for Michigan. So I'm really excited about that. But like okay. you said, just another guy lives in Nebraska that we would not have had the opportunity to really connect with. And, Last year, when we were doing the Twitter spaces, it was always the guest element was like that was the big thing for us throughout the week. And now it feels like that element has been able to go to guests like that come have come on the NASCAR betting preview show, come on yours, go on uh, laying coin. And just that opportunity goes around Barstool. You mentioned a little bit ago, been able to get to know large and spider a great deal. I mean, they are advocates for NASCAR. Uh, and that shows and being able to have that relation, those relationships with them. We already know Todd and Chris and, and their support that they have for our shows and vice versa, what we have for them. Um, so it's really it's really been a, a unique and a privilege uh, to kind of go about this experience. But, you know, I think that what you said, the a la carte element, the one stop shop, it's kind of what I want to bring to the NASCAR betting community, um, because, you know, like I said, I try to put smarter people around me to to help everybody else. Well, it'll be fun to see, you know, next time you're able to come on this pod, uh, yeah. it'll be fun to see what more changes we're, we're talking about. Cause it's been a, a fun ride so far. So agreed um, for the rest of the time that we have Derek here, the, the lay of the land for you mm-hmm. is we're going to start off by talking about last week, Derek at Richmond. I know it was a racetrack that you really enjoy. Um, yeah. You enjoy betting on. We want to talk about what you thought of the race, what you, uh, how you did with your bets. Yep. Then we're going to go like typical uh, cliche talking head, like ESPN, you know, first take type of stuff. We're going to go buy or sell. We're going to go oh, buy okay. or sell uh, general NASCAR topics that are kind of in the world right now. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll do that. Derek doesn't know what those are going to be. So I'm going to hit them with that and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what his reactions are. Then we'll we'll get into some Michigan. I want to hear about what Derek is doing, kind of bounce uh, different things off of each other there as far as how we're prepping for Michigan and, and things to give out to people to, to look into. And then build a card. Uh, maybe do a little buy or sell there on, on certain bets or certain drivers. We'll, we'll did, do uh, some back and forth banter and see what we come up with. We did that with Chris uh, from the flag hunting pod a, a few weeks ago. And... Um, it worked out pretty damn well. We had an absolute 
killer week. So I'm hoping to have the same situation here. So sound good to you, Derek? Sounds excellent. Yeah, let's uh I'm I'm excited to dive into everything we're gonna talk about. I'm I'm all in. Hopefully a little debate or two if that buy sell conversation comes up. Like yeah, I I think that's uh we like screaming A Smith and uh whoever screaming he's going up A against Smith. that day. Love that. Um so let's start about last week. Richmond, we yeah. had Chris Busher. Um, so he's your winner. And he was somebody that I think that if you're following like NASCAR Thomas, right? You, you called yeah. him out a minute ago. His site is what turned me on to Chris Busher the day of, right? I pulled out my laptop on Sunday morning and seeing Busher's practice times with his graphic, the way you can click through and, and see the, mm-hmm. the chart. Um, there was something there about Busher. I didn't have the balls to throw an outright on him until mid race. Um, got him 20 to one. I don't know what anybody, I know a lot of people had him live. Did you take Busher at any point? Let me just start there. You know, did you have Busher in any way, shape or form last week? I, I did not on my card, but I was texting a couple people and I told them now would be a good time if you need it to, to invest on him. Um, I was, yeah, I, so I didn't, I didn't jump on that opportunity. I was tied up with a lot of uh, props that I was watching um, and just kind of watching how those were playing out. So I, I saw a lot of major numbers, even live that a lot of people were jumping on. Um, but I also found that, you know, a lot of stuff was grayed out when I was wanting to buy, uh, but <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Isn't that how it goes? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, Busher, I, I, what are your thoughts on RFK getting in the win column, you know, locking him into um, the playoffs? Like, yeah. is that something that you're excited about? Cause it's a smaller team or you're like, uh, oh, yeah. like I kind of wish that was a, you know, somebody else, you know, why are they even here? No, I, I'm all I'm all for RFK and, and what they're doing. I think, you know, when you look at people like Dale Jr., Brad Keselowski, just to name two right there, like I think they are the best um, eyes when it comes to talent. We know, um, you know, Rick Hendrick obviously has developed and, and brought in so many Hall of Famers, but Jr. and Keselowski in the modern era are two guys that just countless times have been able to bring in find um different you know opportunities for these guys and you look at what they're doing i mean you know brad going over to rfk and rfk you know roush racing stunk forever um and now it's had a serious resurgence and this car really helped obviously that transition but you got to look at back last year right uh when chris busher won at bristol and brad was saying right before that we're really good at our short track package and our super speedway package. It's the road course and the intermediates that really lack. Well, they've gotten stronger over from that point to now. And Chris Busher being in the victory in victory lane and, and Brad Kozlowski running better and better. Not, not a surprise. I mean, they were going to point their way in. They didn't have to win, but to see how they've been able to do it. And I almost put something out the other day. Like we really need to have a discussion when it comes to NASCAR where do we rank Chris Busher when it comes to active drivers? Is he a top 10 guy, like a 9-10, or is he a 15? Or where is he? Because he's been able to come in. He has three wins, okay, which is really incredible. Now, the Pocono one, thank you for Fog, but he's been able to come back 
and win at Bristol, and he's been able to win on a high tire wear short track. So I love when RFK is able to get in the victory lane, just as much as I do track house, uh, 23-11, you know, like these smaller teams that are going to carry NASCAR because we're not always going to have the Hendricks. We're not always going to have, you know, some Joe Gibbs. We're going to have these newer brands that are going to need to carry it, and they are doing a pretty damn good job uh, in the last year and a half. I think you're going to find an answer to that out um, when, whenever Chris Busher's contract is up. Uh, I don't know when that is, but I will pull that up. I mean, you don't have to do that right now, but I'm, I'm saying Doing like you, you'll find an answer to where people value him if he stays put in that 17 car. Then mm-hmm. I would say like he's probably a top 16 driver, like a playoff threat. Um, in the sport right now but if he gets signed by a bigger team then i think that you could make the case that he's a little you know undervalued right now and someone's trying to snatch him up and and you know put him in position so Mm -hmm. um, that'll be a that'll be a fun story to watch Mm -hmm. no i absolutely agree yeah I, i think he stays at rfk for a while i think brad there's no brad's also the owner right so it's like i get to see him on track i get to kind of connect with him he's got two wins in the last almost a year so yeah, yeah. uh good kind of a point there so good problem there, i like man. it yeah um all right so back to richmond and your card you mentioned you were tied up with a lot of props tell me about those how'd you okay. how'd you make out last week made out well uh was Oh, thinking I had a sweep when it came to the head-to-head markets. Thought I went 3-0. I had Brad Keselowski over Ty Gibbs. I also had Bubba Wallace over Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs, when it comes to high tire wear tracks, specifically Richmond, I love to fade. Um, this was more of a number I took right before the green flag dropped, and it was A.J. Allmendinger plus 180 over Eric Jones. Jones in practice just stunk. Yes, we didn't get to see Allmendinger, but 180 plus 180 with two guys. They're probably going to be running around each other. I assumed... AJ would probably finish like top 20, like 18, 19, 20. Jones was going to be like 28th. And sure enough, they were pretty darn close to being 28th combined. Lost AJ with a few laps to go. Uh, and then my other props, I was on Joey Logano plus 100 top 10. Grabbed that right before qual- or right before the race. And then Eric Almarola plus 175 top 10. Got to give a shout out to Worm because he got me on that one. And then I jumped on uh, what I dubbed as Worm's legacy play, which is Ricky Stenhouse plus 450 top 10. And I was not a buyer of Ricky, but he convinced me because of his confidence. Um, so all in all, you know, went two and three in the head to heads and went two and three in props. So I was happy. Okay. Yeah. So, so shout out worm for, for the Amarola, but uh, yeah, he cost you a little bit on the, so you broke even with the, with, with the old worm there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, all in all, it was good. I mean, it was a profitable day. It was, yeah, I was happy with the insights I was able to have coming in. Do I wish I would have been, you know, a more of a buyer in the outrights? Of course. But also I was thinking some of these other guys. I had Denny Hamlin. I should have said that. I had Denny Hamlin plus 650. Um, so when it came down to that final green white checker or you know, whatever it was, I was thinking to myself, oh, I might just get away with this with having the 650 ticket and kind of be like that was that was good. So I was I was comfortable with it. I don't want to get too like I'm not trying to get too greedy of like, darn it. I, I should have had him and it would have been the monstrous day. But if I can put doubles and triples together week in and week out, we're going to be really sitting cooking with gas. So how'd you do? 
Yeah, um, didn't have uh, a banner day, but I also didn't like really play too much. Um, I was kind of disappointed, actually, um, and kind of talked about this before you got mm-hmm. on. But there were some guys that I played earlier in the week. Granted, it was, this was a vacation episode, so I was kind of like you know looking the other way a little bit um, to my to my drink and the lake in front of me while I was doing uh-huh. this, but. Um, you know, Kyle Larson disappointed me this week. Um, Christopher Bell disappointed me this week. Like, not really gave giving you much of anything. Um, at tracks that the statistics kind of pointed to them and mm-hmm. said, like, hey, they're gonna be worth it. Um, just really running like 17th or you know, worse for both mm-hmm. of those guys. Very strange there. Um, I mentioned, you know, Chris Busher got him top 10 uh lot or not live added him in the morning took busher 20 to 1 mid race and that you know obviously makes things a lot better but as far as the podcast was concerned the the bets that we gave out on the pod um not a not a great day in that sense the the one like little back door that we had on the podcast was i, I was talking about this like little rivalry uh parlay from mgm mm-hmm. And I was talking yep. about Priest versus Dylan. And I said, you know, I like Priest over Dylan. He's like minus 200. But I feel like if I'm going to lose this parlay, it's going to be because it's going to be because Dylan uh, mm-hmm. somehow does. It. He has finished in the top 10 yep. once a year since 2018. And he did it plus 450. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that as like a little insurance policy. And of course that, that comes into play, but Larson didn't do his job against Hamlin. So, it did, you know, it wasn't uh Dylan's fault, but, uh, yeah, the Dylan insurance there kind of helped a little bit. So that uh, play, when you gave that out and you said that, so in grid rival, I was on Tyler Reddick over Austin Dylan. And then when I heard that and everything was already locked in anyways, but when I listened back to your pod again for the second time Saturday night, and I heard you say that it hit me like a ton of bricks. Shit. Reddick better finish inside the top 10 because Dylan's coming. And <laughs> like you gave out that statistic. And then next thing I know, I thought I cashed that head to head on grid rival. And next thing I know, Tyler Reddick had that penalty and Dylan just snuck his way in the top 10 and just kind of hung around there and sure enough, beat him. So wild kudos to you for having that, that call out. Cause that was a, a stat you can carry into next year now well we might be carrying that one into oh yeah that's true that stat um it lives it lives so uh it does. we'll we might be talking about little ad in a second here i don't know um i think so we will. anything else from richmond any bets or, or drivers who you know you liked or, or drivers to let you down or any bets uh worth talking about so I think Richmond as a whole is a great race. And I get why if you're not betting on this race, then it's very boring. Like you're probably not sure how the strategy works. You're not, you know, where all the cautions This is a short track. Why aren't they wrecking? But it is amazing to see the car control when they go on and on board and they're able to like hear the throttle and the guys are turning the wheel left to go right. And just trying to, you know, preserve those tires make them go the scheduled distance that they need just to get to the end it's amazing that there's not more wrecks there's you know goodyear does a good job enough where there's no blowout of tires where it's like caution after caution but i love richmond and being able to be able to get to to gamble on it 
is a bonus to us when we're watching an event like that where there's not a lot of cautions, but there's constant action. And, you know, just kind of gives another uh, feather in the cap of this is why you gamble on a place like Richmond. This is why you gamble on NASCAR to watch and, and enjoy uh, even the truck race, right? Truck race had three cautions for uh, 18 laps or whatever it was. Two of them were stage cautions. Might have been four cautions for 18 laps, and that was it. But you get long green flag runs, high tire wear, all those things. I love Richmond. It'll be interesting to see the drivers that we saw yesterday or on Sunday and how that translates to Phoenix. And I'm telling you right now, guys like Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, who's red hot. He's got the best at five race average finish in the last five with seventh. He's set, averaging a seventh place finish. Nobody else is even in the single digits. Um, it's interesting to see how the 11 teams picking up eight, 22. All those guys are just it's interesting to watch. So Phoenix is going to be a lot of fun due to that's a comp track. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, the, you mentioned the truck race. I'll just touch on that in a second, like or for a second. That might have been the greatest race I've seen in a long time. Like, and if you're not, even if you're not gambling on it, you had something interesting to watch where you had Josevar who had a fast truck, but it was mm-hmm. the second fastest truck. Oh, yeah. uh, but coming from the back to start, gets the lead, obviously, through a bunch of stuff, you know, halfway through the race. And then you have Majeski get that penalty have to go all the way to the back and just fighting through taking the lead mm-hmm. and then you know because of strategy staying out and then you're watching Hosevar doing the hunting um it was unbelievable great race it was all around a hundred percent it was interesting hearing um Hosevar on door bumper clear because he said hey this is a place where i've struggled at we just haven't had good luck and then as the race starts front left tires flat you know, we sat from practice to qualifying to the race for 22 hours and our right, our, our left tire is absolutely flat. And so had to start back there and keep fighting his way through. I knew he's rumored to go to cup and, uh, you know, so his talent is obviously growing before our eyes. I know you're a huge host of our guy. Uh, you've, you've been a day one supporter of host of our, and, you know, it was just interesting, like you said, for, a, a race to run out at in its purest form where it wasn't chaotic. It was done with strategy and a guy catching somebody with three laps to go that was dominating the race only to finish second is, was a great, was great for the sport. Yeah. Really, really fun time to watch. Uh, I have to be honest. Like I, I was cheering for Majeski just because uh, I mean, oh. I had, I had some skin in the game there. Sure. Um, for my season long bet as well, but um, just because of how great of a race he had and to see that go down the drain was just, we'll we'll talk more about that, I guess in in the next truck pod, whenever we get, whenever the next one is, yep. Um, Next week we'll put a pin in that. So let's, let's get to some quick hitters here have a little fun, play a little buy or sell Derek. Love it. All right. And I, the first one that I had up here, you kind of already alluded to, but my first buy or sell, from just NASCAR general topics is Derek Richmond is back buy or sell last year. I think it was absolute dog shit. It sparked, you know, major concern. This next gen car, the short track package was awful. What are they going to do? It was just terrible. And now I would say this past weekend, phenomenal. So Richmond is back buy or sell that. 
Richmond is back. Uh, I'm not sure where it went, um, but it is back. So I was at the race last year. I got to see the cars perform, practice qualifying race. It's just a whole different element, especially if you're able to be there. Now, you want to really buy this, uh, have it under the lights. You're still going to get the tire wear. Uh, it might not be as great given you know the track temp being as high. I mean, inside the car is 135. So you know it's going to be super hot, but you're still going to get extreme tire wear. So I'm, I'm buying Richmond. Give it a night race, and it's a buy-buy-buy primetime Saturday night type deal. I would love that. I'm a big night race guy. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely buy that guys. All right. Both buy. Yes. Both buying that. All right, Derek, buy or sell Mm -hmm. Kyle Larson is queuing up some payback in the near future for Denny Hamlin. Um, so the context here is, you know, stuff went down at Pocono, ran him off the racetrack, caused him to have a bad finish. Denny didn't really apologize, kind of pissed Kyle off actually a little bit more throughout the week from his comments on Sunday mm-hmm. um, and does not seem over it. And you got Denny running up front most of the day on Sunday. Meanwhile, Kyle's muttered in the back uh, is payback. Payback is coming. Buy that or sell that. Sell. I don't think payback's coming. I think there's, you know, I think the friendship element, if they weren't friends, yes. You know, I think we could see this, but I think because they are friends, close friends, I'm going to sell it. Yeah. I think they, they get it worked out obviously uh, outside the track, but I just don't see a similar situation happening where there's an intentional incident, even if it was like what Denny did to Larson, which didn't look intentional. I don't think Larson can get anywhere. I think if Larson gets anywhere near him and touches him at all, that's the incident people are going to trigger. But I'm going to sell this. I don't think there's any payback coming. Okay. Yeah, I think I probably generally agree with you, but I will respond to the friendship element to it as, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes like you can have, I mean, I situation in college where like, you know, your best friend gets Mm -hmm. in a fist fight and then it's over. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the who want you know, friendship element to it. Um, <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that right there would be a reason to, hey, I wrecked you. But like, yeah, you know, let's one for one. We're done with it. Like we're squashing it. So just throwing that out there. But, you know, I agree. I don't think what Larson did or uh, what Denny did was so egregious. But uh, I love just how you know, NASCAR media is, is kind of run. Oh yeah. I mean, even when Larson got into the back of Hamlin, it was like, that was going to be the front page of news and, uh, didn't, wouldn't have had to be. So yeah. Um, it's interesting. Well, it'll make the playoffs very interesting when those two do get around each other. Cause we know that they will probably Darlington. Yeah. No, you're, you're dead on with that playoff Mm -hmm. starts a whole different ball game. Um, I think if he's going to wreck them, it's going to get a little payback. It's got to be before the playoffs. Cause that would be, totally fucked up um to do that oh yeah cause it would cost him his chance too yeah yeah yeah. all right next one uh and this is the big one this is one that everybody's talking about i mean you turn into sirius xm radio these poor hosts are just dealing with this (laughs) damn question all day and night um buy or sell chase elliott is making the playoffs bye yeah, it, buying I'm that. buying I'm buying Chase Elliott. There's there's been nobody 
that has been as consistent, okay, since he got back from his leg injury. If you just look at the finishes alone, started with Martinsville when he finished top or finished 10th, his finishes, he has one finish outside of 13th place since that time, which was a 34th place where he finished, uh, you know, incidentally wrecking uh, Denny Hamlin. He's been 13th or better in every race. He points his way in. I don't think he wins. He points his way in. It'll be a great little story going into Daytona, but this guy will get it done and get in. And NASCAR is seriously, they're taking their seven days a week. The heads at NASCAR are literally praying to God that he makes the playoffs. They have to be. Um, Yeah. It would be bad for them and it would be worse if there was like any sort of like controversy around him getting in or or not um because then you've got the conspiracy theorists out there going yeah. nuts so um so you think he points his way in points his yeah, way i in. I, not... I think he wins Watkins glenn um that's, everybody's that's, pointing to that yeah I, I, that's got to be i mean i understand it i think denny made the case this week on his podcast like you know he's going to point himself in. He used Bubba as an example, but oh, yeah. went from, yeah. you know, on zero points on the cut line to now he's like 54 to the good uh, in four races. Chase is amazing at road courses. So we got two of them in the next four. So I can understand the math, um, but it is going to be interesting. So let me throw a scenario out here now to you in another buy or sell. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back to see, you know, if that you're still buying that. Uh, buy or sell a driver other than Chase is going to win a race from out somebody that's outside the top 16 right now. Because if they do, oh, yeah, that changes his points situation and what he's going to need in order to point himself in. So we'll, we'll get back to that. But does a driver outside the top 16 other than Chase Elliott? win a race in the next four races. Yes, I buy that 100%. I really do. I I couldn't tell you who it is, but there's just too many wild card races to go. If you look at the schedule, we got, you know, Michigan this week is going to is going to be, well, it should be more of a predictable, you know, somebody in the top 16 in points currently is, is probably going to win that race. But then you look at Indy, you look at Watkins Glen and you look at Daytona, two road courses, a super speedway which is just a wild card in it in and of itself. Indy's a wild card race. Watkins Glen, a little bit more predictable. Um, it maybe who might win that, but you got two wild card races specifically. And I really believe that somebody outside the top 16, if they don't win at Watkins Glen, or sorry, if they don't win at Indy, they're going to win it at Daytona. And it could be somebody like an AJ Allmendinger, uh, Austin Sindrick could, you know, somehow, you know, find the, biggest break of his entire life and you know get a win there he finished second at daytona last year uh you know we know how good or we assume we know how good he is on road courses but this year you know for that team has just been atrocious so um i think somebody outside top 16 wins one of these next four races by yeah so this is the reason why i brought that question up and then if you're going to say bye to that we're going to have to go back and look at the Elliott thing because uh, let's just look at, you know, two row courses and then Daytona, Michigan, I think is going to be more of a statistical, you know, racetrack and, and pretty um, on point 
with mm-hmm. what you expect as far as a winner is concerned. But road course winners. We've got AJ who won the Indy road course before. We've got Chase Elliott who's won at Watkins Glen multiple times. You've got Austin Sindrick who's a road course phenom, I guess you could say. You've got Daniel Suarez who won Sonoma last year. Good um, point. So these are all guys who have won. You've got uh, Eric Amarola, who is always the bridesmaid, never the bride at Daytona. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Austin Dillon, who's a Daytona guy. So these are all people outside the cut line who might be able to, you know, steal something and keep their season alive. So if that were to happen, Derek, that kind of takes Chase. If it's not Chase, it takes him out of the points situation because that would put him i mean as we stand right now he would be like 94 points out so he would have to win um because you're stealing michael mcdowell's spot uh so where do we see chase elliott do you still buy him at that point making the playoffs? maybe i don't maybe i don't think i I think more strongly that's a good point yeah that's a good point i i believe bubba wallace unless something now Let's let's take it the same angle, right? Bubba Wallace very strong at places. He'll be strong this weekend at Michigan. He's very strong at Daytona. There's no guarantee with Daytona. Daytona he could wreck on the you know 150th lap and end up being 30th. Uh-huh. That would be a major storyline because obviously that probably means that he's on the outside looking. At, if he doesn't do well at what his biggest weakness is in the Cup Series, which is road courses, so you're telling me. Bubba Wallace, who I do like this week at Michigan, but might need to really hone in on some of that craft and getting a 15th place finish for Bubba Wallace at a road course, not going to be a bad thing. Like, take that and run. Uh, I think if you said, hey, he finished 15th at both those, he would take that and say, I'll see you at Daytona. And then that would probably lock him in. I'm telling you right now, something that just keeps my eyeballs, Ty Gibbs, I feel like these teams, Hendrick, Joe Gibbs, um, some of those teams that have a little bit, a couple more drivers, SHR, you know, they have all four guys that have not won a race, but like you have Daytona where you have your teammates locked in. That's going to bring an element, especially at JGR where Ty Gibbs is the only guy on the outside looking in, you know, team order style uh, type thing of, Hey, we want to work with Ty to get Ty up front for the win. We saw it last year, right? With Tyler Reddick, he was locked in. He had a lot of the Chevys behind him as well. Gregson, I want to say maybe even Austin Hill was in that race, and they were pushing the three car, and it didn't matter about anybody else until they knew that he was in the clear and going to win. So I think some of those elements. So good point. I'm glad that you brought that question up. Yes, I think Elliott outpoints McDowell. But I do also believe that somebody currently in 17th or greater does win a race before the playoffs. Well, I think that the way you just summed it up uh, right there is well said. It would bring pure, unadulterated chaos into this season. And uh, who doesn't like that, right? So that's uh, that's all I had for you for the buy or sell segment right now. Um and that was fun. So I liked like doing that. Now we might get into Great. some stuff here talking about the card. So uh, let's talk about Michigan because this is uh, a racetrack where it's a large track, mm-hmm. high speeds, um, you know, 
I want to say it kind of reminds you of Pocono, but it, it's not. It's not the same as Pocono, but it, it's a big, fast track. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at it, I'll just give you the different uh, pieces of data that I'm looking at this week, and then I want to hear about what you're looking at and what matters mm-hmm. most uh, to you, or, or you can kind of prioritize things. So um, for me, obviously, the racetrack itself, I'm going back eight races that you know, really isn't that far back as far as the years are concerned. Um, cause mm-hmm. they used to come here a couple times a year. Um, so eight races at Michigan, you know, looking at average finish driver rating, you know, all the stats for, uh, those sort of things. Then it gets a little interesting. Um, so I'll stick with Michigan last year, 2022's race. Very important. I think to look at because it's the next gen car. It's at this racetrack. It's the only, time we've had a chance to see that uh, since they are going there once a year right now. So who performed well last year at Michigan? Then that's where it gets a you know little dicey um, because I, everyone goes to the iFantasy Race website and the tracks that they throw out there are Auto Club in Kansas as direct comps and then we've got some other high speed um, high speed tracks that are out there. So we're talking about Vegas and Charlotte who they've been to already. Um, so all four of those races we've seen so far this year. So I'm just kind of taking a, a stab at this and saying, Hey, you know, let me see what we got cooking these four races this year. How did they finish in it? What was their green flag speed or total speed? Um, because this is a high speed track. So we want to see who's got it um, regardless of like where they finished. Uh, but obviously, you know, the finishes are important there. So we'll look at those two things. And then, you know, his recommendation, Ryan, for my fantasy race, he, he says, like, look at Kansas. Um, it's a mini Michigan. So it's worth looking at that a little bit as well. So um, anything, you know, from that, Derek, that you would want to riff on first or anything that you don't like about what I just said? And then any add ons? Yeah, I think that's good. So I would, I, I'm definitely the comp track, right? I'm looking at Auto Club. I'm looking at Kansas. Might throw in a little Charlotte because they didn't practice or qualify. So I kind of like who unloaded fast uh, from that and kind of pull some things there. Um, I really think, and I watched Michigan now twice before we did the show today, and I am, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to if we can kind of get our bets aligned from an outright perspective and they qualify well, I think you're going to have a pretty darn good day just because there isn't a ton of passing. It is there was some, you know, multi groove where uh, somebody was able to get on the outside, specifically thinking about when uh, Bell, Hamlin and Chastain were kind of battling for the lead. And all Chastain did was block. He was just defensive and not block aggressively. He was just moving his car where air was going to disrupt the cars behind. I hate that style of racing. That's not racing. It's just that's a tactic. Um, but with this car, that is what it is. So it showed, you know, there's not going to be, you know, this multi groove. It's not a it's not a true auto club by any means where guys are going in two, three wide and being able to make that happen. So. I, there wasn't anything that you said that I would add. I think that is a really good spot for all your listeners to kind of start at and really kind of work through there. I'm going to look at some momentum. I'm going to look at what guys have done this year and try to pull um, some of those numbers. So uh, I think you kind of hit the head on the nail on the head there. 
Cool. Sounds good to me. Um, so we've got the, the places to look now, you know, from my uh, first go around here. I mean, I guess we can go kind of tit for tat. Um, the, yeah. the driver that I think, you know, we kind of do this with the truck podcast, you know, who, who do we need to start with? I think I'm going first here. The driver that I think we have to at least talk about whether we're not on him or not is Kevin Harvick. Um, so okay. he has won five of the last eight races at this racetrack. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Five wins, six top five, seven top tens. His average finish in eight races is 3.5. Obviously, that is first. I mean, that, that sometimes I think back, I, like, I see a number like that. I'm like, God damn, I need to go through all my notes to see if I see mm-hmm. anything that good. Like, that's just crazy. Driver rating is first, 128.3. I mean, that's obvious. Um, mm-hmm. His average starting position is 7.8. So it's not like he's always starting up front. You look at last year, he won from the 16th spot. Um, so just the fact that he's won five times, something about racetracks, whether you're having a good year or not, you think about last year, Derek, and I mean, you re- you rewatched the race twice, like you said, so you could tell me um, your thoughts on, on Harvick in last year's race, but heading into that race last year, he was not having like a fantastic year. He hadn't won. Um, and that was the monkey on his back. Right. So then he finally gets the win before the the playoff started and ends up winning subsequently at, at Richmond um, the next week. But, uh, you know, this was a track that you're saying, well, he, he's really not having a great year. So forget about the four wins uh, that he has here recently. And then he goes out and does it again. So, mm-hmm. so it's really crazy. And then you look at this year. I mean, there's comp tracks, one top five, two top tens. He's four for four in top 15s, fourth and average finish. Looking at Kansas, he finished 11th there. So it was an okay run. It's pretty much where he deserved to finish that race. So nothing spectacular, um, right. but kind of similar to to what we've seen from last year going into Michigan. So um, I guess buy or sell Kevin Harvick, Derek. I think uh, you make a good argument. And if you look at the comp tracks, like I'm using Fontana, Kansas, Charlotte a little bit, you know, he's got an average finishing position of ninth. Um, so you could buy that. I, I really... I really don't have a lot of faith in the Fords this weekend from a downforce perspective. I just haven't been able to see it enough. Yes. You can say, Hey, well, didn't Blaney just win the five or the uh, 600? Yeah, he did. Um, But I mean, where's that team been um, since that point where, you know, Harvick is really the only Ford. Now, when it comes in the strategy, I'm going to find a way to get, you know, Logano on my card and, and, and some aspects I'm going to figure out a way probably to get Harvick. You mentioned his qualifying uh, average and uh, we know his success here, regardless of what generation of car it's been. But uh, from an outright perspective, I, I don't, I don't think a Ford is going to get it done here on Sunday, but there are probably some other elements of a head to head or finishing position prop where I would uh, be willing to invest. That's, uh, you know, an interesting point you're making about Ford. So let me, uh, I'll dive right to this. I was mm-hmm. saving this for later, but I was going to ask you your thoughts on Ford. Ford is absolutely dominant. And this is a little bit different. 
right? When we say like, hey, Toyota's dominating uh, Kansas, all right, mm-hmm. that's good. It's all well and good. But Ford, this is their this is their backyard, man. Like this is the race mm-hmm. every year, famously. They bring their drivers out to eat, you know, Detroit or whatever, and they stand up there and they tell them, look, we're not losing this fucking race. Like, I don't care which one of you motherfuckers does it. We're not losing this race. And it's worked. It's worked like against all odds, like races that Fords have no business winning. um, They've done it. They have not lost a race. The last time Ford lost a race was the August race in 2017, won by Kyle Larson. Um, And that was when Kyle Larson was on a just a stretch. He won three in a row at that point. Uh, But before that, it was Joey Logano. Uh, The last Toyota to win here was Matt Kenseth. So that tells you. And before Kenseth, you have to go all the way back to 2011, Kyle Busch. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is Ford's track. They take it seriously. It's not a talking point. This is not me trying to bring this up as like a, a a throw in to try to, you know, do what they do on TV to kind of like bolster it and make it funny. This is a real fucking thing. Like you have to, I think, take into consideration when you're looking at it. So they are plus 250 to win the race, the whole camp, the underdog, the mm-hmm. one that has won. Let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in a row. They are the underdog at plus two fifty, and you're selling mm-hmm. Ford. I am. I I still am. Yeah, I mean Ford's fortunate to have Kevin Harvick uh, in their Ford stable and under that umbrella. I believe. You know, you just look at this year alone. I think this year more than any, and I don't think Ford again wins on Sunday. Um, I don't think they're first on race day. Uh, SHR, you know, a serious t- uh, step or two back, and, and that is a major factor. You look at the uh, Penske stable. You know. Austin Sindrick looks very lost, maybe just looking a way to get to Daytona. Uh, Whereas Ryan Blaney, you know, Blaney has not been running well at all. You know, he just has his last five races. uh, He's got a 21.6 average finish, which is one of the worst in NASCAR. And, you know, Joey Logano is consistent. He's a champion. Um, He's had, you know, decent finishes here the last five um, in the season. But other than that, there's nothing else I'm going to point to. Uh, Brad Keselowski, could he win here on Sunday? I think that intermediate package still needs another step before they are really in that mix of, hey, we're competing for wins on intermediates. Because if you look what he's done this year on these type of tracks, it's not been anything um, to really write home about. So again, the Kevin Harvick element, I can get behind as a prop of some kind. I'm not investing my money uh, on Fords at all right now. All right. So no Fords for you. So Correct. for building our card together, yep. Yep. Um, are you vetoing Harvick as an outright, but maybe in another way? Um, we've got Harvick over Kyle Busch in a head-to-head. Um, you don't want that. Uh, let's see. The problem here is, you know, when we're getting into like top fives, he's plus one twenty five for a top five. Um, it, hmm. Is that more interesting to you? It, that still feels a little, a uh, little uh, short. That's, that's Caesars, uh, by the way, Caesars. Caesars. We're still sure. waiting for Barstool to drop theirs. Correct. Yeah, I 
so I'll tell you this, you know, your show, the hosts, all that. I'll let you, I get, you get a veto. Uh, if you want to add Harvick somewhere, you know, I did touch on, right. If you want to make that, let's play that other side. I did make a compelling point. Uh, like what's his top 10 price? Because he's averaging a top 10, you know, from those comp tracks. Um, now he's probably what you're probably going to say, like minus 130, minus 140. No, it's going to be pricey. Um, okay. So then we're not paying minus two twenty five on Caesars. Yeah, we don't want it. Yes, no. So we're not going to play that. I, if there's a way to get involved with Harvick from a head to head, I would not with Kyle Busch. So, does it make you feel any safer that on win the race, mm-hmm. Harvick is a five spot advantage, uh, which is one of the most you can find right now in the head to heads. Uh I I love what Ryan does. And you call those out a lot, and they are proven. Um, I think I think Kyle Busch has a pretty darn good weekend. I really okay. do. So I'm I'm gonna I, I would say no. I pass on that. I'm gonna we're gonna say Kevin Harvick top five, whatever Barstool puts him out at. Okay, because right? I, I need something usually... on on my guy. Sure. All right. All right. All right. So let's go to uh, so right now he's plus one twenty five, but that that'll change when when Barstool releases their stuff. Yeah. Um, and if a top ten number from Barstool comes out that's playable, like minus one sixty, like I would play him up to minus, minus one sixty. But we'll we'll see. Um, all right. So Derek, you go next. Who's somebody? You know, obviously it's not going to be a Ford. So tell me who who you got going. So let's stay uh, with the guy we just talked about, and it's Kyle Busch. Uh, I, I think Kyle Busch has a strong. Uh, I'm actually invested in Kyle uh, right now as an outright. Uh, bought him at eight to one. You can find him around eight to one, seven to one. There is a nine to one out there. Uh, if it's still out there, I was not able to grab it, um, but I'm on him at eight to one. And, and just this eight car alone. Uh, let's just look back at Fontana. I think that's an easy way to do it. Uh, that's one of the comp tracks. Uh, he did crash at Kansas, so he didn't get a proper finish. But when you look at what he did at Auto Club, it was a you know rained out thing. It was the second race of the season, new team. Uh, weather played a major factor in qualifying and practice, and that team came out guns blazing. And if we've been able to see what he's done, just look at this, right? Look what he's done since Darlington. Sixth, seventh, first, second, ninth, fifth, fifth. 36th after getting crashed at New Hampshire, 21st at Pocono, and then a third at Richmond. I really like what I see from some of these comp tracks. Uh, again, you know, take out Kansas. You have to add it, but, you know, he did get crashed out, but he won at Fontana, crashed out at Kansas, 6th at, at Charlotte. And I just think this eight car, from what I saw last year um, with the eight car, um, specifically at this race, and these guys have really been kind of translating their speed. How does that work? Um, you know, the eight car last year had a really strong, uh, practice and qualifying. And then in the race, you know, very strong as well. I, I use nascarmoney.com, his loop data, uh, his loop data lab, and, uh, kind of looking at some of that. So I, you know, I like the eight this, this week and, uh, Kyle Bush. So eight to one is where I'm going. Be curious if there's a better place to play him in your mind. No, I mean, I, I think you call out a good driver because, uh, you know, you're looking at his last eight races, you know, just some of the stats that I was looking at. I mean, 
he's five for eight finishing in the top five. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty badass. So he's going to put you in position there. Um, you know, average finish in that time span is 8.8 and he's driving the eight in the last eight races. Ooh. Like, you Ooh. know, it's just, you know, Powerball is going off tonight. Um, you know, maybe True. we should play it. So I'm in on eight to one. Holy shit. Eights mm-hmm. are wild here. Um, eights are wild. I'm in. I'll, I'll tail this because of uh, something else. Um, you know, you mentioned his his stuff that he's got going on this year. He's top five in total speed on the contracts mm-hmm. this year. Second at All Club, 14th at Vegas, ninth at Kansas, where he wrecked out, and fifth at Charlotte. So, you know, definitely um, has consistent speed. But looking at Michigan last year, he wrecked on the 24th lap, but he was second in green flag speed in that first 50 lap run and we just didn't get a chance to see what that car could do in that race in the next gen car so um when i was looking at that i you know wanted to put a pin in it and you brought him up right away so um i'm interested in kyle bush you know you seem heavily invested in it so i mm-hmm. will uh i will add him to the card here for us for this weekend i think this uh could be an interesting one I want to touch on one last thing, we, and then I want to hear the next guy you want to talk about, but we can't forget about ECR engines. And Kyle talked about this uh, a few times already this year where the power of the ECR engine is so strong, and we've seen it already in the Xfinity series. Yes, different series, different car, all that. We've seen it with Austin Hill, obviously. But the ECR engines, I think, will stand a little bit above the rest here this weekend, and it's another reason why I really like that eight um, to get it done uh, or, or be very competitive um, because they've been putting together what, what feels like maybe a championship season. Um, so I, that's another reason why I like the eight in that team. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a group of us from earlier in the season on your show, we, we were uh, very much into uh, oh, Kyle yeah. Busch to start the year. So yes. hoping that he, he can round things out towards mm-hmm. the end. Um, okay. Moving on to uh, another guy here, um, I want to call out somebody that we sort of talked about early in the okay. uh, episode on some of these other things, and it's Bubba Wallace. Um, he is fourteen to one, from what I've seen. And you're, you know, for anyone who's, if I put this up on YouTube, you're raising your hands when I said that in a good way. Love so, uh, last eight races, one top five, two top tens. You see that, you're like. Ugh. You know, maybe if you're a newer NASCAR fan, you don't really understand the full context behind that because he wasn't really in a good vehicle. Um, Average finish in that time span, though, just to call it out, 18.5. But in his last three races at Michigan, we've seen a lot of improvement there. He's got his one top five and both top tens have come in the last three races. So this is a guy who's improving. That's a 10.0 average finish. So big improvement Mm -hmm. there. And last year's race, he finished second. He led 22 laps, as you know, from watching the race a couple times today, Derek. Uh, and he had the third best drive rating out of everyone in the race. I mean, yep. that's that's a, a driver who gets it. And when, you know, I fantasy race is saying, hey, treat this like uh, or treat Kansas like a mini Michigan. When I think of Kansas recently, I'm thinking, hey, I got to have. Uh, Bubba on my card and then he goes out mm-hmm. in Michigan last year in 2022 and, and kind of proves that so um, you know Kansas in in 2023 this year he finished fourth and he, he led nine laps in that race so if you're looking at the 2023 comp tracks those four races he's got three top fives um, auto club didn't get a good finish but has fourth 
fourth and fourth. Three straight fourth place finishes. Um, so 14 to one to actually pull off a victory here. But so so want to get your opinion on that. But also plus 170 for a top five for now. We'll wait and see what Barstool puts out. Uh, but that's on Caesars um, because of a comment that you made earlier, Derek, about a driver who's on the bubble trying to go out show your speed, get a good finish at a racetrack that he definitely feels confident at, but not trying to push it too hard where he wrecks out. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking maybe a top five. Um, I mean, he's got three in a row here. This season is, is something that we might be able to play with. So let me get your thoughts on Bubba um, because then I, after your thoughts, I have another over the top one to, to come back with here. Yeah, so I have three outrights on my card, and this is the second one. Bubba Wallace grabbed him at 16 to 1. You can shop it around. This is the driver right now you want to shop around, whether it's on Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. Um, I would buy him. He's currently at 15 to 1 at some spots, uh, DraftKings being one. I would buy as low as 14 to 1. I wouldn't go lower than 12, or I wouldn't buy 12. I think. Um, you know, maybe if you want to get invested, that would be the last. Yeah, I'll say that. 12 would be the last possible number to buy there or else it's going to be too short. Uh, but I got him at 16 to one. I think the points that you made were great uh, as well. And if you look at like what he did at Kansas and, and Charlotte where, you know, this guy finished fourth, a pair a pair of fourths there. Uh, he had a, a, a rough race at Fontana. I have to go back and, and rewatch that um, as to why, obviously that's indicative of an issue. Not so much. This is where we were running, um, but this team and Bubba, you know, I was somebody this this time last year was not I was not buying Bubba and I would feel like over the last year, he's really made me from an investment standpoint of how do I want to allocate some of my units? I've been finding myself really starting to invest. I said it last week about I put on a head to head uh, with him uh, against Ty Gibbs and Bubba. When it comes to Michigan, these style tracks, uh, I'm in. So I, I bought Bubba at, 15, at 16 to one. He's out there at 15 to one. All right. Sounds good. And, you know, do you when you take someone out right Derek, just kind of you as a yeah. gambler, like, do you ever back it up with like a top five just as like a little uh, insurance play or or are you kind of I probably should. I probably should. This early in the week, I'm looking for guys that are going to beat the market. Uh, I don't know if Kyle Bush is necessarily going to beat the market <laughs> until post qualifying practice. So that one I'm kind of held to. Um, uh, definitely the next guy I want to talk about, maybe you do as well, but Bubba, uh, again, is a guy that, you know, he's going to beat the market. He's not going to sit there 15, 16 to one, 14 to one. He'll be down at 12, 10 to one by the start of practice qualifying. So I don't typically, um, pre-practice and qualifying, but I might double up. Um, I, I double up on guys. I really trust Bubba. I really like. I don't know if I really trust him. If this was a place where I was really in on Harvick or somebody like Joey Logano, I would be doubling up because of that trust factor. Their team's going to get it done. Their strategy is going to get it done. Their driving style is going to get it done. Um, do you do that? Do you do you usually double up with the top five win kind of an idea? Um, I wouldn't say I'm, I usually do that, but I okay. have done it in the past. Did it last week. Yeah. I, I like your strategy. Let's say this week, you know, we'll throw a bubble on the card at 15 to one. He is still available right now on DraftKings at 15. Um, let's throw him on the card and then we'll reserve the right after practice and qualifying after we get a chance to absorb that info. 
if we want to throw something else down on him. Um, maybe he doesn't practice all that well, and we can throw get a good number on him for a top 10 or something like that. Uh, I'd be interested in it. Go ahead, Dirk. There's one more thing that I found with Bubba that I do really like, and it is a head-to-head right now on Caesars since we're talking about them. And Bubba Wallace is going up against uh, Ryan Blaney. And I mentioned you know, the last few races, he's actually the underdog in this matchup at minus 110. Just Toyota in general has been so much faster than all the Fords uh, combined. And Blaney, who has really struggled here the last five races to date, um, now the thing, the, the argument you can go back on and say, hey, well, Derek, he won Charlotte. You're using that as a comp. I absolutely am, and he did. But I really believe in this matchup this weekend, Ryan or Bubba Wallace minus 110 over Ryan Blaney is also a play. So maybe you like that a little bit more if you don't want to add the outright to the card. Yeah, I'm, I was going to bring this up to you. I was going to ask you to pick your poison because he's going up against two different guys on the books currently on a Tuesday night that are offering head-to-heads. And uh, the other one, he would be minus 135 against Ross Chastain. Um, and Chastain, you know, I don't know how much we, we really need to talk about him this week, but uh, for all the reasons that you said to fade Blaney, uh, I agree with Chastain. I can't wrap my head around him right now, making heads and tails of it one way or the other. Um, so, and if you're looking at the green flag speed in the race last year, I mean, Bubba was third, Blaney was 19th. Um, I think, did Blaney get a decent finish in that race? I, I feel like he, he was up there towards the end. Uh, yeah, he finished fifth. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fell into that one, I guess, but, um, then looking at the, the high speed tracks um, this season, Bubba Wallace is seventh in total speed rankings on the, the mm-hmm. four tracks there, and Ryan Blaney is 13th. So there's so much pointing to Wallace over Blaney in that matchup. Um, and the fact that he's an underdog, he's minus 110, fully has my attention. So do we want to add that one on there, Derek? Because I could roll with it. Uh, you mean specifically over Blaney or over. Yes. I would add that one. That okay. that's the one that I'm going. The Chastain one, right, is so tough. And I was just trying to think how how do you kind of do this? Um, you know, given like you were calling out. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to add uh, Bubba over Blaney. That's where I would lean. All right. Very good. We'll move on. So um, I guess I was the one who started like with that topic. So I'll default mm-hmm. to you next with a new topic. What do you got? Well, I. I kind of want to call it a long shot if we can, um, and Let's then maybe it. dial it back. Um, Austin <laughs> Dillon, you, you talked about you talked about Austin. This is the third outright that I currently have, and and I really feel like from a market standpoint, this is the guy that's going to move um, through some of the talks I've seen, um, some of the conversations on Twitter. So Austin Dillon, hundred to one right now. I bought that. And, you know, anybody out there, I think that's a good you could do it two ways, right? You could buy that and try to sell it, assuming that your book offers that Uh, maybe you buy, you know, put a quarter of a unit and then another quarter of a unit and sell uh, when the number dips down. I think it'll probably, you know, get in the qualifying practice, probably down to like that 80, 70, 60, maybe um, if enough movement gets on that. But if you look at Austin Dillon and I put this um, conversation right now in the discord uh, just kind of throwing some thoughts out there. And, and one thing I mentioned was, you know, if you look at what he's done in the last three, 
you know, through, out of the last four stages, three of them, he has scored stage points. Uh, he's finished uh, anywhere inside the top seven. And we remember back in 2021, he got wrecked by Brad Keselowski after he crossed the finish line. Just a bad break uh, in, in general. Last year, he finished the race 13th. ECR engines I already talked about them. I think they do play another key role here. We talked about it with his teammate. Um, so I just love the ability to get a guy at 100 to one on a track that is all about speed and and not so much the technical side. And I think the three car can at least uh, manage you know his stuff enough. And I think he's going to get a lot of market movement. So the 100 to one number I like. That is that is a long shot. Um, yeah, I mean, so 100 to one. I mean, I. You know, maybe I'll throw a, a shekel on it, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if I want to add it to the card, you know, sure. one. So, so let's, but let's dial it back. Okay. Right? That's why I said, a, yep. Into a way that's a little bit more playable, um, you know, less of a moonshot type of deal. Um, <laughs> I, top 10 is something that I had written down for. Okay. He's, he's plus yep. 300 for a top 10 on Caesars uh, probably be better when Barstool, you know, I'm a broken record here with this, but Barstool needs to get on their game. Um, you know, and looking at him, we mentioned how he's coming off of a top 10, a little bit of momentum. He was on the, the Friday beers, Instagram handle. Uh, and, and they were, you know, joking around. They were asking him about, you know, do you pee in your fire suit? And uh, he was like, mm, you know, not really like, do, do guys take shits in their fire suit? And he was like, I heard one guy did Tony Stewart and he won the race. And uh, he's like, I'm getting pretty desperate. So maybe I will. And uh, you know, he, that just kind of shows you like, he's he, joking around, but like he, he's, he's self-deprecating there. Like he he's desperate and needs to get something going. So the positive momentum that we've got coming off of a kind of a big top 10 from Richmond I think he could parlay that into something here. If you're looking at his stats at Michigan, just like kind of by themselves, uh, you know, not exactly the the greatest. He's got one top five and two top tens in his last eight, and it has not really come recently. Um, four races ago was when he had an eighth place finish. So this season, though, is what got my attention to the the Austin Dillon name because. Looking at the four tracks we've been to, um, the, the high-speed tracks, he's got three top 10 finishes in that time span. Finished 27th at Vegas. But other than that, I mean, he's 10th in the sport in those four tracks. Uh, green, excuse me, in uh, average finish. So that has my attention quite a bit. I mean, you know, three of four top 10, plus 300 for a top 10. So that... I mean, if you like them uh, to win the race or to have a shot, I mean, I guess I, it's not fair to say you'd like them to win the race. You'd like them at that value, like total, Correct. you know, 100 to one ridiculous number. Um, right. But what do you think? Like 10 to one or three to one for a top 10. Is that something you've been inter interested in? If not, I have something else I can maybe sell you. Uh, I think I know what you're going to try to sell me, and I agree with whatever that other else is. If I know you well enough uh, by doing the Truck Series podcast, I'm in on that. Uh, yes, I would buy that uh, three to one price for a top ten. I think you laid it out perfectly, right? Fontana uh, finished, you know, inside the top ten, ninth, and then Kansas tenth, and Charlotte ninth. So he's knocking on the door of that top ten. It's not, uh, it's not pretty. It's not like a sixth, fifth, fourth. 
kind of a thing. It's a ninth, tenth. Um, but I, I, I do. I like that. Um, there's another plus money one out there um, that I like as well. Okay, so we can talk about that in a second. But the other one I was going to throw out there to you is a head-to-head. Is that what you were thinking of? Oh, I thought you were going to go with the group. Uh, I thought uh, I read bet. you. Well, I do have yeah. a group bet for you later. Um, okay. But he's going head-to-head against Eric Jones. And you might yeah. not like it. You, you might like it. Maybe we could throw it on there. But um, I, I need to talk this one into existence here. Sure. Because Michigan last year, Jones – took this matchup like pretty easily mm-hmm. um, yep. and he had a good race. But if you remember like last year, Eric Jones had something cooking and oh, yeah. it just doesn't really feel like he has that um, going this year. Now he had a good stretch Atlanta loud and in Pocono. He finished 11th, 11th and 9th, but last week at Richmond 23rd. And, and that's really more indicative of like what he's been doing for most of the year. Um, and if we're looking at comp tracks, there's no question it's Austin Dillon. Uh, I mentioned Austin Dillon was 10th in average finish with 13.3 number. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like absolutely nuts to compare these two guys. It is. And it is. Eric Jones is 20. I'm having it written down here. 22.8. Uh, I mean, you have to keep scrolling and scrolling looking for Eric Jones. He only has, he has zero top 15 finishes in the four races that we've got and we're calling comps. So, you know, that seems like a pretty good bet um, because of the discrepancies that we've had this year. And if you wanted to argue like, hey, last year was different for Jones. You know, he, he dominated it, um, dominated Dylan at Michigan, but it was a different beast. Like he had something different going on. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, you know, do we go back and just say wash, like not not bet this one, or do we really think there's something there for Dylan coming into this week and and nothing there for Jones? Yeah, so I I think you're right. Like last year, Legacy Motor Club or or whatever they were called at the time, vastly different than what they are now. They don't have Chevy backing. They don't have Chevy support right now because they are moving over to TRD in 2024. So. What we've seen over the last, and you kind of were highlighting it, some of those comp tracks, Fontana, Kansas, Charlotte, what I'm using, he has an average, uh, Eric Jones, that is, has an average finish of 25.5, whereas uh, Austin Dillon, 9.5, 16 spots different uh, there on those comp tracks. The minus 140 price is the only, my only hang up, like it's a slam dunk kind of a, a when you're looking at everything. The, the minus 140 just feels even a little too steep where then I'm looking at that group bet and, and I'm not trying to chase money, but I'm just looking at that group bet uh, of plus two thirty at where Eric Jones is in that. So if I already think Eric Jones uh, is, is going to lose that head to head to Austin Dillon, then, you know, looking over at that uh, group bet on Caesars where they have, you know, a couple different guys. And if you're, you know, kind of figuring out on your phone right now where it's at, it's an under group H uh, on Caesars. And that's Eric Almarola, two plus 225, Austin Dillon plus 230, Stenhouse plus 230, and then Eric Jones plus 300. I, I kind of like uh, maybe some of those guys that Dillon is up against in that one um, versus what I feel like might even be a little steep for the minus 140. But maybe I'm wrong in that, just that thought process. Maybe I'm just looking at that number wrong. Yeah, you know what? The, the minus 140 number is enough to kind of scare me off. And 
kind of had that written down differently. I thought it was minus 120. So um, I would buy that one, minus 120 in a heartbeat. <laughs> 100%. I, that's what I was yeah. just doing was poking around the other books to see, did I have that yeah. in a different number? Yeah. Um, but no, minus 140 is is pretty hefty um, in a head-to-head on someone that like yeah, he has not really built up. He has not found his way into the circle of trust um, this year. <laughs> so uh, that's a, a little scary. And, and Stenhouse being in there, I mean – Stenhouse is scary for me this week. I would not want to play against him. You know, okay. I don't necessarily have to be on him, but I don't want to be against mm-hmm. him because okay. he's someone who's right there with Dylan uh, so far this season. I mean, there's, there's comp tracks. He's ninth in, in average finish. So, you know, he's, there's something there. I, I don't know what it is for those two guys. I mean, 17th in green flag speed. Uh, he was ninth at Charlotte in green flag speed. So like, that's a, a driver who's kind of locked into the playoffs because of the 500 and they have the ability to kind of mess around. You never really know. Um, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to play against Stenhouse. So that's why I would kind of avoid Dylan in that group. That is, is really the presence of the 47 there. So um, yeah. Yeah. That's my thought. So I guess if we're taking Dylan, it's, it's a, you know, a couple pennies on a hundred to one and, and a top 10 plus 300 uh, maybe more. Yeah. On Barstool. I- no, I think uh, yeah. When Barstool releases, I think that's a good point with the top ten. But yeah, I, I think if you're if you are uh, betting with a book that you know does cash outs, uh, that hundred to one number is it's going nice. to change prior to practice and qualifying. Uh, I can't pr- I can't see the future, but I can kind of predict um, where that's an opportunity where you could buy out of it. So that's that's why I have to have it on my card. Okay, good stuff. Um... Mm-hmm. I guess I will, I'll go next here. Um, yeah. And this is one that I'm really, you know, I was happy to have you come on because some of these bets I have written down and I like the thought process behind them, but I definitely want to bounce them off of uh, someone. So I'm glad you're here. Um, this is plus money for a head to head. And I, I, I feel a little dirty doing this, but I'm going against our winner from last week. Um, and I'm, so that's Chris Busher. Chris Busher is the favorite in this matchup against Alex Bowman. Um, and Bowman kind of got my attention. Like I, I didn't think that I'd be leaning on him a little bit here, but uh, Bowman in, in eight starts at Michigan, three top tens, six top twenties, uh, you know, going off of his last four races at Michigan, he's gotten better every single time um, with a ninth place finish last season. Um, Busher, you know, really doesn't have much to show at Michigan because he's been in you know some shit boxes and, and cars with uh, lesser equipment, I guess, across the board. Um, so that's kind of unfair comparison. I mean, you know, you look from a base value, he's got nothing compared to Hendrick Motorsports, you know, just surface level. Uh, but then you're saying to yourself, all right, well, how do they compare, you know, elsewhere? And let's look at this season, those comp tracks. Alex Bowman, I mean, he missed one of the races, but in three of the comp tracks, he's a 7.7 average finish, uh, one top five, two top tens. He's three for three, hundred percent hit mark for a top 15. Um, 
eighth place finish, third place finish, 12th place finish. So just really good numbers there. Very consistent. And then you're looking at Busher. I mean, he's 14.8, so pretty much double. Um, he's got one top 10 in that time frame. It happened to be at the 600 um, last time out of Charlotte. So, you know, I guess you could say momentum for the 17 if you wanted to, to go for that. But it's the general, like, green flag speed that I'm seeing uh, for Alex Bowman. I mean, this season on those comp tracks, he's sixth in total speed rankings, like from all the four tracks, whereas Chris Busher, you know, he, he's further down the mark there. Uh, I'm still trying to find him. He's 20th. That's this season, right? So that's what really the fact that he's plus 100 in this matchup. Then at Michigan last year, you know, Bowman, uh, let's see, Bowman was 15th and, and Busher actually they were tied uh for for speed last year so kind of a wash there thoughts on this matchup is the plus money enough to get your attention plus the fact that bowman is someone who is kind of desperate for a win um you know he's he's out of the playoffs we're not really talking about Mm -hmm. that so anything on this one yeah, I mean the plus money is appealing and what do you what have you said on your show, you know, a number of times, you know, you'd look to fade the guy that won the previous week. So maybe this is that opportunity. We're looking at plus money from what a guy like Alex Bowman who we know he's capable of good finishes. We he's not a slouch. Um I'm not sure his talent is there compared to um uh, you know the the some many I would say probably in the sport. But the equipment element is definitely a strong advantage. And I'm already fading Ford uh, as already. So Alex Bowman, it's just how much do you trust him? He doesn't make many mistakes. They either have it or they don't. But they don't make, you know, pit mistakes. They don't make uh, he's not making mistakes on the track where it's like, hey, Bowman just lost 10 spots. You don't really hear that. He runs wherever he's really going to finish. So, uh, you know, if you can buy that element, you know, pre-breaking his or vertebrae in his back, you know, he was rattling off fifths, eighths, thirds, ninth, thirds, eighths, elevenths. It's just amazing. But since he returned from injury, he is the best finish he's had is 12th. And that was right after he returned uh, at Charlotte. So, Hasn't been able to finish inside 12th, uh, and that, I think, is very concerning. So uh, I probably would stay away because he hasn't shown enough to be like, warrant that bet, um, whereas we've maybe talked about some other positions uh, already. But the, the plus money is appealing. So I could see why you would, your, your thought process there. Yeah, I, and I get it. We don't have to put it on the card. Um the, the only other thing that I'll throw out there is that on the, yep. in the race, he has a eight point advantage, eight points, uh, positive eight, I guess you'd say in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Bowman is ranked 12th. Busher is ranked 21st heading into Michigan from Ryan Stevens website. And I'm usually pretty big on the, the biggest discrepancy there in the rankings being something you want to look to. The fact that it's plus money has my attention. So, um, okay. We, we don't have to put on the card. Maybe I'll bring that up on your show. We'll, we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens there. 
let me just say this, you know, we can kind of keep going about him real quick because if you look at what he did in qualify or practice last year, you know, he was a top 10 car uh, in practice. If you look at the five, 10 lap averages uh, overall, you know, with that one lap of speed, uh, he was 14th, but in the average elements, and this is going to be a long green flag runs, you want to maybe look towards that side. Whereas, you know, last year for this specific race, you had a guy like Busher who was five spots behind him. Um, you know, does he outqualify Busher? Probably. So there's another kind of feather in the cap. Um, it's just you are hoping, which maybe feels more of a gamble. You're hoping that that 48 team really does unload well, um, knowing hey, your backs are against the wall. Given penalty situations earlier in the year, they'd be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, pointing their way in. Um, so it can we can really make some heads or tails of it here. Um, I definitely lean Bowman, no doubt. Uh, I've not made any compelling points for Busher, so I definitely lean Bowman uh, if you want to kind of chase that plus money, though. Yeah, I think I'll probably throw that myself. I mean, we don't, okay. have, to put it on, we, we don't have to put that on the card, but um, the, the final thought on him, we, we've talked too much about Alex Bowman, but um, <laughs> the Alex Bowman show. Yeah. The, the, the last thing I'll say is like, there are drivers looking at the last four races in the schedule. There are drivers that, you know, know where their shot is and he's not going to get it done at a road course. Um, or at least those two, if it was the Roval, no. maybe, but um, he's not getting a, a win at those two courses. And, Hmm. Daytona is Daytona. So I, I think Hendrick as a whole is saying we need to be good here. Like this 48 team needs to be good here and, good and put ourselves in a position to take a swing because we're not going to have that ability later. So that's why I'm, you know, digging a, a plus money on a, a head to head against uh, somebody who's going to be hung over from last week. Well, interesting thing here, who's tied for first in top 15 finishes in 2023, and it's Chris Buescher. So if we don't think that Alex oh. Bowman, now Granite Bo Buescher, or Granite Bowman was out with injury, so he doesn't necessarily have, you know, rattled off, you know, 15, top 15 finishes. However, Buescher is getting it done in that top 15. And I just said, you know, Bowman's only been able to finish 12th, uh, which is his best finish since returning one time. So they might be battling it out for 12th to, you know, 18th. And that could be a serious sweat on a place where he's not going to catch them in one lap. It's it would have to be, you know, uh, over time. So maybe okay. this is a no bet. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be a fun one to track. Um, all right. I don't have too many more. What's your, what's your next one here? Uh, we touched, we touched on them. To be honest, uh, I'm going to okay. actually kick it back to you because we touched on the guys and some of the different plays there, um, although they were, you know, relatively the same. Um, you know, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to defer back to you uh, with it. All right. So we're going to do a, a couple things here. Um, one is a, a group bet that I'm okay. kind of looking at. And this is perfect that you've watched the race twice now because. This is someone who don't tell my wife. I, I have, <laughs> I have a memory of this person being good here last year. Okay. Um, and then just not getting the finish that they deserved, but you can tell me if that's true. So group F on Caesars is 
Suarez, who I want, uh, he's plus 145. Chris Busher, who we just talked about at length. This is not on purpose. This is an accident. Uh, Eric Amaral, who I don't trust, and Ryan Priest, who I don't trust. Um, so Suarez, you know, against the Fords, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and Suarez, to my recollection, ran well, led a bunch of laps. I think he led like 33 laps um, and ends up finishing like 20 know he was two laps down he finished in the 20s uh or 19th no 20th um regardless didn't get the finish that i think he deserved he was fast he was up there i actually specifically remember rory calling out uh suarez going into this on your show last year saying you know the the mi amigo is the play and i remember thinking holy shit he's gonna pull this off um Mm -hmm. because he was it was a monster number this is more so not trusting the other guys and thinking that Suarez is going to be able to bring it a little bit. Um, this is a shot in the dark based off of last year's situation. Um, but I don't know, you know, you, you saw with your own two eyes, you know, the race, uh, anything to, to warrant that. I mean, his career at Michigan isn't really anything to write home about. Um, you know, he's right in the thick of it with those other guys. He's got two top fives, um, two top tens in, in eight races, but they came a while ago, probably when he was with Gibbs. And then, you know, looking at this season, it's, it's not like he's blowing the doors off of anyone this year on the the comp tracks as well. Uh, unless I'm mistaken on that 13.0. Um, so he's got two, one top five, two top tens, three top 15s. Um, so far this season on the comp tracks better than everybody else that he's going up against in this match um, by a lot. So I don't know. Suarez, did he ring any bells as you were rewatching? He didn't. Um, This is an interesting conversation because I think we can kind of tie it to what we were thinking last year uh, of, you know, Eric Jones, right. And how well Eric Jones is, was running. And we look at this year and we're like, man, well, it's not adding up. Uh, why was he so good last year? Not this year. Well, we look at, you know, this year, even Daniel Suarez has been struggling as of late. Um, you know, just given the race alone, uh, in this race last year, he did have an average running position of 12th, um, was not necessarily, you know, and that's with 33 laps led. So that's not great. Um, uh, when there's, uh, like 200 laps in a total race and, you know, 33 of them are leading and you still only have a average finishing or average running position of 12th, knowing that you ultimately finished 25th. Um, part of that, you know, are, there's various elements with that because this is a race where, um, you know, there's strategy involved. Now, if you want to look at how many laps was he inside the top five, it was only 120. Uh, that's over half. Um, but it was really inside that 15, 12, uh, place number. So he did not jump off the page to me and looking at this year, you know, it's another reason of man. Um, I I don't know what's happening to this team with a 27th place finish five races ago, a second place, uh, in Atlanta range shortened race, then 16th, 36th, 33rd. This team's pressing a little bit, and, and there's a lot of questions right now about Trackhouse. All right. That's a no bet then. Um, 
so then let's do one last thing to end it. I'm going to put you, hold your feet to the fire here, put you up against it. Some quick hitters, just no, no explanation. Um, I'm going to yep. hit you with, with the head to head and you just tell me um, which one you're going with. Okay. Got it. I, I like got a this. list of them here. Um, Hamlin versus Larson. I'm going to go Hamlin stronger. Toyota just strong lately. I mentioned it before Hamlin best average finish in the league uh, in the last five, 7.2. Give me Hamlin. All right. So I'm going to make a check mark next to the ones we agree on. So oh, I agree. also Larson Larson has the most DNFs in this gen seven car since 2022. Holy most mackerel. DNFs. Yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, can get there. I like it. Hamlin's hot. Larson's not. Byron River Truex. Uh, give me, man, that's so close. Uh, I don't know how hot it is. See, hot. Uh, the temperature is a lot to play with it as well because hotter temperatures, Toyota is strong. I, I just think the 24 car is, is still my championship favorite. And I think they've just qualified the best and give me the 24 with their consistency. Okay. Um, I was probably leaning Truex, so okay. uh, no check mark there. Logano and Chastain. Logano only because when it comes to a race of strategy, give me Paul Wolf over anybody else in the field. So here's the funny thing about that one. Agreed. Yep. Okay. That is the number one biggest discrepancy on win the race, and it's the other way. It's the oh, other way. No, no. Chastain. Yes. I wasn't expecting that. I know. Flip that on but me. I, dude, I know. But I, that's why I wanted okay. to hit with these quick hitters to see what you get. Um, but I agree. Uh, Logano is who I was thinking, like, kind of blind without looking into it. Um, mm -hmm. Stenhouse versus Amarola. Oh, Stenhouse. And it's like, hold your nose. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I like Stenhouse I, in that one. I don't trust the – I don't trust – I definitely don't trust the 10. I, I don't exactly. trust the 47. Enough said. Enough said. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they had enough. Brian Murphy working there, I would trust him. I don't trust him. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one. Kozlowski versus Gibbs. I'm going to go Gibbs, and that is going to be super close, I feel. And, and I get the elements again. This is Kozlowski's hometown race. Uh, but Gibbs... He did it at Pocono. I do think he's getting better. Um, maybe he's starting to hit his stride at the right time. It's going to be close. That's probably like a one-two positional uh, play. Yeah, I, I had Brad in that one. I mean, I, I looked at Gibbs as a top 10 pretty hard, and um, I just couldn't pull myself to do it. He did it once. La he did it last year in a first-ever race in the Cup, and that's what got me thinking it, but um, – I couldn't pull the trigger on, on Gibbs. So we, we didn't align on that one, but uh, what I was doing there was building our little quick hitter parlay, Ooh. just to see what we're going to get out of it. Uh -huh. And uh, let's see what we got. So we've got Logano over Chastain, Denny over Larson, Ricky over Amarola, and it's plus 522. Nice little, Nice little payout there for some quick hitters. I like uh, you know, I like, that on Caesars? like that. Yeah, it's on Caesars. So uh, okay. if you want to tell okay. us on the quick hitters, if you liked that conversation, um, give that a look. So I'll take a screenshot and make sure do that. send that one out. Um, yeah. All right. We talked a lot. Um, we did. About half the podcast was, uh, you know, some of the fun stuff beforehand, non-betting related. And then second half yeah. was, was all Michigan 
Um, so it was a good mix here. So Derek, thank you. Of course, you know, yeah, of course, as always, I have to thank you for, for joining me and, and sticking around this long to talk with me. Um, you know, anything you want to say before we wrap this up here? No, I mean, I, I appreciate you having me on. I feel bad when we went through building our card. I feel like there were a number of things that <laughs> we didn't get to add on your end because maybe I poo-pooed them. I'm not sure. But um, no, I appreciate you having me on. I always love coming on the show and uh, chatting with you and being on this side of the screen versus the hosting side uh, of the screens because I know we have so much fun doing the trucks. But no, I mean, if anybody's out there, just get connected in a community of some kind. Uh, there's a lot of betting groups out there when it comes to NASCAR. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm an advocate for ours, um, but definitely get connected. You know, follow me on NAS or on NASCAR and uh, BPS, so NASCAR BPS on Twitter, uh, at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter as well. Uh, the NASCAR betting preview show, just support that because it really means a lot to all the guys and me included. So, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you giving me the platform here this morning or this evening uh, to come on and, and talk a little bit about yeah, Michigan. Man. I forget that it's Tuesday and I, I already watched the race twice and we've like hammered out this card. Um, I forget that it's just Tuesday. I know there'll be more to add uh, to the card, oh. you know, as we go through. So um, yes. I, I think we've got some, some good picks out here. So, and, and I think I'm, I'm feeling I'm going to wake up and I'm going to veto your, uh, your anti Bowman pick. I, I might be adding that uh, after we're done recording, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Hold that off. Um, that I need a screenshot. If that happens, <laughs> do, that. do that. We'll do. We'll do. Um, well, Derek, Appreciate you. And like yep. you said, NASCAR betting preview show every Wednesday, follow the podcast yep. at Derek Yoder underscore is the best place to find mm -hmm. Derek. Yep. And um, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Phil. All right. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the full tank with Phil podcast. Thanks again to Derek. Thanks to you for sticking around, listening for a little bit of a longer episode here this week, but um, we really appreciate it. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for Road Course Racing. At to go.